Peace, peace, peace. I am Philip Roundtree, and you're tuned into episode 48 of Hashtag You Good Man. In this episode, we're going to be taking a look at men and forgiveness. This comes fresh off the backlash that Botham John, God bless the dead, his brother received for hugging his killer. So the backlash stemmed because he hugged her and said that I forgive you, right? And so many within the black community, and, and, and honestly, it's not just black folk who were outraged because they, they saw what took place. They saw the murder that took place and the callousness that was behind the murder. And if you aren't familiar with her, she, she claimed she walked into the wrong apartment and she ended up shooting him while he was eating ice cream, watching TV and the decor in the apartment was completely different. So my outrage comes because I recognize the impact that can have on a community who's already marginalized and disenfranchised when we're talking about black and brown men. Right. We're talking about the 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 PTSD effects of watching somebody that looks like you getting killed in the most ridiculous of circumstances. We're talking about the depression symptoms, the anxiety symptoms. Listen, there's a, a legit fear that exists for many black men just walking around. Because we recognize the impact of white supremacy. And so, yes, this might be an extreme. Right. This might be an extreme situation. And, and, and be honest, it's probably rare. And so when we talk about fear, fear is irrational. Right. Because for the billions of people that exist in the world. Right. This is when we look at the, the scope of things. This is a, a, a rare event. But because of social media and how that makes the world that much smaller, it's compounded in our mind. But listen, black and brown men have a reason to be fear to be fearful. We're more likely to be victims of a violent crime than any other race, ethnicity, and or gender, right? So this is real when you see Botham Jean, Botham John, again, it's interchangeable in my eyes, but I recognize that he's he's Haitian. So I believe he's Haitian anyway. Um, and so it's pronounced John. And so when we, when we look at forgiveness, I get the outrage, right? Because it's the idea of, look, first she killed your brother. And many people are like, how would you how would you feel in that situation? Well, me having a brother who's deceased, granted, he wasn't killed by anybody. I recognize that it can be very difficult. And it took me years to forgive my brother, right, for the way that he died. So let alone let it be a result of somebody else. That can make it that much harder, right? It's some who, who say, look at it. You know, we're talking about systemic oppression. We're talking about the oppressor. Uh, being hugged by the oppressed, and it's it's no different than the the slave. Um, I don't even want to get away from from. I want to get away from using the term slave because they weren't slaves, right? They were they were people who were tasked, right? Because they were humans. They were people who were t forcefully tasked. Thanks to Tanahisi quotes, you know, for 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 bringing that perspective. But we look at people who were tasked by the the slave masters. The plantation owners, right? And they were forced to do certain things because their livelihood depended on it. Their family's livelihood depended on it. And so when the master, when the mass quote unquote master died, some of the, those who were tasked would cry, right? Because they maybe have bought into this idea that this what was best for me. This is the life that I knew. 
And so there are some who thinks that this generational trauma, this post-traumatic slave syndrome that's been passed down manifested itself in that situation. Then there are those who think that the religious, his religious background, the brother, him being Christian, played a part in, in, in him forgiving his brother's killer. Now, listen, I'm not one to argue, you know, argue points. Listen, they all very well could, could play a part because the psyche is, is very impressionable, right? Our experiences make up our outlook of the world both historic and present day. So we're talking about, uh, when we're talking about uh, quote unquote slavery, when we're talking about, um, when we're talking about religion, when we're talking about our own personal experience, they all shape how we show up in this world. But when we talk about forgiveness, forgiveness is something different, right? Because forgiveness isn't about you. Forgiveness is about self. Forgiveness is about self and freeing yourself of the burden of the pain that you've experienced, whether it is the death of your brother, whether it is in another adverse experience, sexual assault, or it could be something as simple as somebody being rude to you. When we talk about forgiveness, forgiveness is something that's internal. And the lack of forgiveness can manifest itself and, and cause us unnecessary pain and strife in our lives, right? So with his brother hugging her, I understood because that was him saying, I'm freeing myself of this. I have to, if I'm going to move forward because my wellness depends on it, right? Now, when we talk about the judge hugging the killer, yeah, completely inappropriate on so many levels. When we talk about the bailiff stroking her hair, egregious, right? But the outrage towards the brother, me personally, I just don't see, even though I understand why cases are being made and why reasoning is being made. But at the end of the day, I'm good with the brother saying, listen, I can't have this. I can't have this burden for the rest of my existence because it's not healthy for me. And so for men, first, for, for him being a black man to be able to say, I forgive you no matter who it was, that's monumental. That's so important because so many of us walk around with the hurt, the pain, the trauma and the burdens of the past. That it impacts how we're living currently and how we're going to show up in the future. Listen, the, 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 when people say, yo, listen, uh, men, for, men forgive easier than women. That's very much so a myth. Right. Because we have to look at the factors that impact a man's ability to forgive. So we can go automatically to white supremacy and patriarchy and the unhealthy tenets of masculinity that stems from that. We're talking about how vulnerability has, has been shunned. How often we suppress our, our need for emotional expression. So it's difficult to tell another man or if you're a boy to tell another boy, or if you're a man to tell a boy, right? Because then we have, we have two, we have intersecting issues that exist. We're talking about age, right? And we're talking about the unhealthy tenets of masculinity that we've adopted. And boy to man. Why that is so difficult? 
Because again, we're taught to suppress our, our, our human instincts. We're taught to suppress to feel our, our need and desire to feel. Which impacts our ability to connect with one another. What also impacts our, our ability to forgive is our personal history of forgiveness, right? We may not have been forgiven for something we've done, so it impacts our ability to forgive. How many of you can relate to that? I know I can. I know for so long I walked around with just some animosity towards certain people. And right, and I count myself as being someone who's capable of emoting, who's vulnerable, but still that uncomfortable feeling of, of related to the lack of forgiveness. And so the other person doesn't feel that unless I interact with them. But who takes on the brunt of those emotions, the weight of those, those feelings? Me, right? So when we talk about his brother saying, listen, yeah, I'm going to hug you. I forgive you. Did he have to hug her? Probably not. But that's what he felt compelled to do because he's a human being and we are connected. And there is an energy transfer, right? There's an energy transfer that exists when you hug somebody. And so potentially what he's feeling and the weight's being lifted off of him, that'll potentially help her moving forward as she serves this 10 year fake 10 fake 10 year bid which will end up being five for good behavior and she'll get out. Which starts another discussion for violent crimes. Should you, well, no, 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 you're not, it's not good behavior. She'll be eligible for, for parole at that time. So I'll save that part that I was going to say for another time. Right. But it's often so difficult for, for us men to forgive. But forgiving has so many positive, positive things that come from it. We're talking about just the idea of living a healthy life. We deserve to live healthier lives, despite what's happening out in the world, right? Everything that we experience, especially of men of color, everything that we're up against, right? We deserve to live a healthy life. We, des we deserve to feel more connected with ourselves, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. The work, the internal work that I've been doing on myself and and how I first forgiven myself has made that burden a lot less. And I'm still in the process of forgiving myself for certain things that I've experienced. Right. Both as as somebody who who needs the forgiveness from others. Right. So we're talking about interactions with women where I might not have been the best. We're talking about individuals with men where I might not have made the best decisions. And so in order for me to, to find some type of peaceful self, I have to forgive myself. And then once I'm able to truly understand me and understand my decision-making in those moments, right? I can't go back. I, I can't go back. But like Brene Brown says, I can't hustle for my worthiness either. I own my story, right? I own the decisions that I've made and I can't be held hostage by the decisions that I've made. I can't, I will not allow that to take place. The only thing that I can do is, is be better for it, be a better feel for it. 
Similarly, I can't hold the 12 year old me hostage, right? I can't. I forgive him, but you know what? At the time, he was just a child. 21, yes, I'm a man, but yes, I didn't have the insight that I have now. So I can't hold him hostage for going up and grabbing a girl's arm and pulling her to me so I could talk to her or walking up on her kind of aggressively that might make her feel uncomfortable. So again, these are steps that we take that frees us to where we can live healthier lives. When we forgive, we're talking about building up our traits of empathy, right? Which again, impacts connectedness. I'm much happier and nicer towards others when I recognize that I don't have to hold this, that I don't have to keep this. But it's difficult. It's easier said than done because we're talking about years and years and decades and, and, and hundreds of years of conditioning telling us this is how we're supposed to be. This is how we're supposed to navigate. But the beautiful thing is so many, so many men out here, and I see it in my wellness group, that they're combating this, this, this traditional idea of masculinity because they desire to be human, right? Again, I, I hate these terms, toxic masculinity or what have you. We're talking about being a healthy person. But again, I, I recognize they serve a purpose in describing a certain set of behaviors in a certain uh, perspective, a certain set of ideals. So again, I don't want to be the person who's like, yo, you got to forgive. Cause it's like, well, wait, how do, how do I forgive? <laughs> right? How do I forgive? I hate that. That's one thing I hate so much. People tell you to do things and they don't give you the blueprint of how to do it. Sure. You can Google it. Right. But I feel compelled. If I tell somebody to do something, I want to give you information and give you data to back it up. Right. To help you, to aid you in that. And so that's no different here. First, we have to recognize that that changing our pers we need to change our perspective. We need to shift forgiveness from being a, from being idea of weakness to a source of strength. How much power it takes, how much resiliency it takes to say, yo, I forgive you. Whether you're talking to somebody else or you're talking to yourself. And, and no different than closure, which is a last ditch effort to be heard. Forgiveness isn't necessary. You don't have to say, have to tell the person that you've wronged, right? I know that's one of the steps in, in Alcoholics Anonymous because it helps release that burden. Oh, don't get me wrong. It helps for sure. But you're not obligated to tell somebody that you, that you forgive them or, or that you, first that you forgive them or ask for their forgiveness. You know what they say, the best apology is changed behavior, right? That's how you how you really show the forgiveness aspect. You change your behavior. Whether it's something internally and in how you're projecting to the world or how you're interacting with that individual. But again, we're talking about that release. It's something that we practice like any other skill. Right. Again, it takes practice to learn how to forgive somebody, to forgive self. That's why I'm a fan of forgiveness meditation. I have this meditation app. It is called meditation on my phone. And they have the uh, uh, a 7, 12, and 15 minute forgiveness meditation. 
where you're literally sitting there, eyes closed, and you're saying, I forgive, and they tell you to insert name here. It could be self. And you're doing this repeatedly because again, with repetition, your mind starts to believe these things, right? And so again, that's a step, that's a tool. Because then if you're able to say it in your mind, that'll help you work towards saying it out of your mouth. And not just cognitively thinking about it, but physiologically feeling it. There was a study done by Case Western Reserve University, which is a wild name, right? But it's one of the best social work programs in the country. You know, those who know, know I'm looking to get my doctorate in, in social work. Um, but this was done by the psychology department. And what it said was that the research showed that men forgive more when confronted with their own transgressions, right? So what does that mean? I'm more likely to forgive somebody else when my own shit is brought up. Like, yo, but you, you did that. But you're not going to forget or forgive somebody for this? It's like, I know that. I've experienced that. Like, ah, that's the uncomfortable, that uncomfortable moment. You're like, ugh, yeah, damn. I do look like a hypocrite. And that's one thing, uh, the men that I've come across, men do not like looking hypocritical. They like consistency. Right. And so, again, that might be something that you need to do. You need to say to yourself, look, when I was in a situation like this, I handled it this way. I didn't handle it right. So now that, I, that I'm being trans uh, that um, transgressed against, I'm just going to make that like that's right. <laughs> when a transgression is happening against me, I need to be able to look at it whole, holistically. Because again, that's critical when we talk about taking these steps. But in order to take steps of forgiveness, we need to figure out who we are. And so when we talk about figuring out who we are, again, I'm such a fan of therapy. I'm such a fan of therapy where you can emote and be vulnerable without judgment, where you can receive healthy pushback. Or you could come to a men's group like myself at Uncle Bobby's every other Monday. The next one is October 21st at 6.30. And sit there with brothers who are going to say, nah, that's not a healthy way to look at the situation. You need to view it this way. Write down a, a list of the people that you need to forgive. Again, starting with self, because if you need to forgive somebody else then, and you're holding that internally, then you know what? You need to start with yourself. Forgive yourself for how you allowed yourself to be put into this situation for these transgressions to be committed against you. But again, it's about perspective. So writing down a list of people that you need to forgive and you can go down. Cross them off as you as you work through this process. But again, the, the health impact, you'll be so much so better off for it. When we talk about heart disease being the number one killer of men, that comes from stress. Stress comes from harboring thoughts, feelings, and emotions for long periods of time. They don't just leave. Your body keeps this energy. And think about it, how it, how it, how it builds over time and builds over time until either you burst literally or figuratively. 
in your coping and maladjusted ways or you're laid up in a hospital or you're just not living your best life, which we deserve. Listen, God bless the dead again to both of them, John. I appreciate you guys tuning in. You know, as always, feel free to check out my website, www.quantifyllc.net. Uh, grab some merch from the shop. It's getting cold out. You can also check out the coaching tab. We're offering uh, mental and physical wellness coaching. Also have an upcoming book club. So if you if you aren't signed up for the book club, it's quantifyllc.net slash book club. The book that we're reading next is Salvation by Salvation Black Love and Something by Bell Hooks. Uh, we'll be having a virtual book club on November. I believe it's November 1st. And we'll be using the Zoom app. Check me out on Instagram and all social platforms at Phil underscore quantify except Twitter because Twitter is what? Listen, I appreciate you guys. Peace.